You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Sadi so we're in 1939. Very soon after Moshe comes to America, it's addressed to Alas Kvodididi Harapagon and before Samarino Rabbi Yaakov Akoin Meskin originally famous in Panovich and Rabbi of Shul in the Bronx and of uh, many celebrated uh, responsa. Rabbi Meskin apparently wrote something that um, really got to Rav Moshe, and I think this is um, going to turn out to be one of the key, uh, one of the key tribute for understanding Rav Moshe's, Rav Moshe's use of the phrase, but we'll see. So he says, Midvar tam achinuch lemitzvah streifas nosar, shemachmash shemizkalkel nitzavenu lusorfo valyakutsa dampo. In the matter given by the Sefer Chinuch for the mitzvah of burning the leftovers of Karbanot that are not consumed in time, that because they spoil, Shemachmash and Iskalkil, we have been ordered to burn it, Levalya Kutsa Dambo, lest the person be disgusted by meat that has Kedusha. So Ramaskin wanted to say something new. If we have some other way of preventing the meat from rotting, Kimo, uh, odd, this is one of the transliterations I think that most got, um, Rav Moshe, people used to, um, just be amused by it, Kimo Hafriza Direr, uh, which have become new in our time, by refrigerators, Lo Yitzchayvu Lisrof Lefize. So Rav Meskin suggested, says Rav Moshe, I don't have access to the original right now, um, that perhaps, uh, Latid Lavo, if we had, if we, uh, when the base of English is revived, there won't be a chiyuv to burn nosar after um, a day or after a day, after a, after two days and a night, uh, because we can just refrigerate it. Uh, I don't know if Meskin suggested we could refrigerate it and therefore still eat it, or we could refrigerate it to avoid um, burning it. But that's his suggestion that the chinuch's um, rationale means that halacha would change lasid lavo because of refrigeration. So Rav Moshe says here's our phrase: in my humble opinion, this is something that simply cannot be said. Now, here's where Moshe offers a really broad principle, which I think has great value um, in understanding Rav Moshe, whether we um, buy it entirely as, as is or not. Because it's obvious that all Tamei HaMitzvot, all rationales for Mitzvot, that are not mentioned by the Gemara explicitly like the, the reasons given in the Sefer HaChinuch, and the reasons given by the Rambam in the Mora Nebuchim, and maybe not in the Mishnah Torah, they have no halachic impact, and you can't learn anything from them, even if it leads to a chumrah, and obviously not um, for leniencies, because they, meaning the Rambam and the Chinuch, in offering rationales that are not evidence in the Gemara lehalacha, um, they don't intend them to be lehalacha. Right, sorry, right. Where, how, what gives them? Right, where would they get the idea of giving rationales that are not um, evidenced by the Gemara uh, that would change halacha? But their intent here is to say these things solely as mere rationales. So that every mitzvah has something to teach you ethically. But they don't mean to say that this is the only reason. 
Because we know that every mitzvah has multiple reasons. Some of them are um, exoteric reasons, some of them are esoteric reasons. And so if you, right, to draw a halachic uh, conclusion from a single rationale offered by the Chinuch, but maybe there are other reasons for the mitzvah that um, balance it. Therefore, any reason that is not mentioned by the Gemara Halacha, you can't derive any new halachos um, from it. Um, then, he, then he goes on to specific attacks against this specific one. If the reason is to prevent spoiling, why is it different for different korbanos? Why is the why is there a chiyuv to burn no sar of menachos, which don't spoil? Maybe he says this is the reason for burnt. You, you, you meant to say this is the reason for burning it and not the reason for um, for the prohibition, as opposed to disposing of it in other ways. No, that doesn't work either, and he goes through it in, um, he goes through in detail trying to show why, um, as a, in addition to his principled reason against Rabbi Meskin's suggestion, he also thinks specifically Rabbi Meskin's suggestion is wrong. Now we need to be clear about the relationship between Rabbi Moshe is saying here, and the celebrated Machlokas in numerous places in the Gemara, about whether Darshidon Tama Dikra or, or Lo Darshidon Tama Dikra. It should be clear that Rav Moshe holds in principle Darshin on that rationales for mitzvot affect the halacha. The claim he makes here, and this is parallel to claims Rav Moshe makes in a variety of other places, we saw this already in the context of his claims about uh, whether, um, whether what happens when halacha uh, comes into conflict uh, with scientific claims, so it depends whether the scientific claims were made by Chazal um, or not. Um, Zerubosha says that Tamei mitzvos have a role in Halacha, but only those Tamei mitzvos which are mentioned in the Gemara, and which are mentioned um, in the Gemara in Halachic context. Uh, now, I have argued in, in uh, other places as shown via, the, uh, the, most interestingly, by the Minchas Chinuch, the Minchas Chinuch has a theological objection to Tamei mitzvot, and he argues that any time uh, the Gemara offers a tam, a, 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 a tam, a rationale for the mitzvah, it must have a halachic purpose, because otherwise it would be hubristic to suggest that you could understand the mind of God. Um, so what would happen if you integrate Rav Moshe and the Minchas Chinech? It would turn out that any tam, a mitzvah that is evidenced um, in the Gemara, whether or not is evidenced Ladina, would, um, could have impact the halacha. Uh, but Rav Moshe doesn't say that. He seems to have you know, two limitations. A, it has to be mentioned in the Gemara. And B, it has to be mentioned in the Gemara, Ledina. We don't know what his standard of um, Ledina is. Uh, the illustration I usually give is Rava saying, My Tama de Machteret. Um, just about everybody uh, offers rationale, but really Rava, in the Gemara, Rava only offers his rationale for Machteret that the thief um, considers the possibility that the or the likelihood that the owner will uh, confront him and therefore the... Um, her, and the uh, and the thief therefore is has willingness to murder. All those rationales are discussed with, in great depth the halacha by the Rishonim and Achronim, but not I don't think explicitly in the Gemara, uh, where it's a post facto rationale for the uh, biblical halacha of Hababa Machteret. Um, so that's right. That's kind of a, a boundary area, but uh, fundamentally, right? Um, we don't know what Ravosha's boundary is, but at least he has. We know he has a hard limit, which is if it's not evidence in the Gemara, then you can't use it halacha, and he thinks evidence in the Gemara halacha, and we'll have to figure out what his standard is as well. Uh, we'd also have to ask, what does it mean to be evidenced in the Gemara? Um, is there a difference, let's say, between um, what he describes the Chinuch doing, uh, Rameskin does here, which is a rationale based 
on a single um, a single nafkamina, right, a single outcome? Or what happens if you build a pattern across um, right, across uh, several cases? Let's say what Rechaim presents as a um, presents as a lamdish chakira, but we could easily see as a tamamitzvah chakira whether the um, whether the purpose of the mitzvah of, of of killing the pursuer is to save the pursuer from committing the sin of murder, or to save the pursued from being killed, or some combination thereof, right? So, uh, sometimes if you build a pattern, right, the Gemara doesn't say explicitly one way or the other, or it says something ambiguous, uh, right, uh, right, to save them by their nefesh, save whom, by, by whose nefesh. Um, so again, that's, that, in practice, um, it's not clear that Rav Moshe uh, gives 100% clear guidance, and if we were to later show um, certain kinds of inconsistency in Rav Moshe on this issue, they could likely be resolved in that way by saying that at some point the pattern of choices the Gemara makes is so clearly based on a premise about the purpose of the mitzvah that even if that premise is never explicitly articulated, that gives us um, enough of a point. Or if the Gemara gives a rationale, but the rationale is ambiguous, so then we know the halacha depends on it, so we have to, we're entitled to try and figure out what the Gemara meant by the rationale that articulated. But in the abstract, Rav Moshe makes a coherent claim, uh, which is an only time I was mentioned in the Gemara account, but the claim is, is again, since he, obviously, in order to take that position, he has to hold that a darshina tamlikra, that we're allowed to have rationales affect halacha, so and he doesn't articulate why it is that Chazal have this authority that we don't. It could be that he thinks that Chazal have a Masoret, or it could be that Chazal have Ruach HaKodesh, or it could be that Chazal are, are intellectually reliable. None of that, uh, none of that is clear. Um, and it's interesting to try and to try and see whether this is um, sustainable in practice as a um, as a rigid uh, line, and. Um, and we'd have to do a study of Rav Moshe to see uh, under what circumstances, I think there are many, uh, does Rav Moshe use um, rationales for biblical halacha and determining the halacha, and you know, to what extent uh, those, are the, the, those, those are in the cases you would expect based on his truva here. Uh, and I do want to bring in something else here. Um, there is a, a, an article by um, Rav Meir Tversky, which was published in uh, the fall 2003 edition of Tradition, called Halachic Axiology Within the Sefer HaChinuch. It's a very important article, which deserves um, to be really rigorously reviewed and worked out, and Rytorsky promised subsequent ones. I don't know of one, uh, but I hope, maybe that's my unawareness, I hope that, uh, I know there's one other article somebody else wrote off is, it's a really fascinating thesis. Uh, Rytorsky sets out that in the Sefer HaChinuch, there are what he calls non-juridical uh, tamim, and those are always in the section Nishara Sheha Mitzvah. Um, but sometimes the Chinuch mentions rationales in, as- in parts of his framing of mitzvot that seem to be legal contexts. And Chaz uh, Rechorsky argues that the Sefer Chinuch distinguishes sharply between those, uh, between those kinds of rationales. Uh, he footnotes Rav Moshe and Dibros Moshe discussing this. He doesn't I'm not sure uh, when this volume of Igros Moshe came out. He doesn't footnote um, this discussion in Igros Moshe. It'd be interesting to know whether um, the, the, the rationales that Rabbi Tversky talks about could be considered by Rav Moshe to be in the Gemara. But be that as it may, um, let's take Rabbi Tversky's uh, framework um, as powerful to begin with, which it is, 
that it matters whether the mitzvah is whether this tam is contained in the section called Mishorash mitzvah or in, a, or in a different section. So here, it's very clear that um, it's concluded that the tam that um, Rav Moshe is talking about, the Rameski quoted, is in the Mishorash mitzvah. Because here we go, Mishorash mitzvah lefisha tevakol basar lehipased b'shihia lavoli desirchon. Since the nature of all meat is to um, diminish, uh, to suffer loss. Uh, over t- over time and to come to rutting, therefore, right, God has commanded us to to burn it. Now, Mechinoch um, so actually has a second reason, even in that section. There's also a, a hint. Um, be interesting to study if the Sefer distinguishes between Mishar Shem Mitzvah and things which just say Remez. Uh, right, so that's an interesting um, claim, but here. Clearly, Rav Moshe's claim is consistent with Rabbi Tversky's claim. It would be interesting to know if it's always consistent. Uh, Rav Moshe also talks about the Tamim of the Rambam in the Mora uh, as opposed to, uh, we might suggest, as opposed to the Tamim of the Rambam in the Mishnah Torah. Uh, the Rav famously distinguished uh, between them, um, uh, though interestingly not necessarily in the same direction, um, where the Rav seemed to suggest that the Tamim of the Uchim suggests too much that they're actually the reasons for the commandments which should therefore change the halacha as opposed to the Rav saying in the, um, in the Mishnah Torah the Ramam uses language of remez and it doesn't actually change the halacha it seems to me that Rav Moshe is at least compatible with saying that the Tam in the Mishnah Torah, the reason the Ramam mentions them is because in the Mishnah Torah if he mentions the Tam, it, um, right, it is the halacha so that would also be a, a interesting rationale and then would he claim that all the Tam in the Ramam mentions the Mishnah Torah um, are actually um, in the Gemara. Um, okay, but bottom line, um, it is, I think, a... Um, this, I think, is not just uh, rhetorical hyperbole, the way we showed in some of the the, um, the first several uh, episodes of this series, that Moshe just uses hyperbole with his uncle uh, when he says something cannot be said at all, and the things... Um, here, I think Rav Moshe really means this is something that cannot be said. It really goes against his fundamental conception of the system to think that we can, we post-Chazal can develop rationales for mitzvot on our own. Again, with the proviso that it really matters uh, to define what he means by uh, on his own, and therefore uh, and he, he sees the potential for anarchy in Rabbi Meskin's suggestion, um, if you can just change halacha because you think that some kind of new technology uh, has developed. That I think is very bothersome. Uh, now, whatever you, the the challenge of the whole of this whole series is that when when Moshe says this is something that cannot be said at all, so so far we have not seen him saying it in response to it is an internal dialogue. Uh, right, I thought of this, but no, it can't be said at all. It's always in response to somebody else. And Moshe's correspondence are generally great Talmidei Chachamim, so that means that somebody else did think it could be. Uh, it could be said. And yet Moshe thinks so strongly about it. So what does he think if the other person goes on saying it? Um, so we could say that uh, Remeskin thought it was right. Remeskin didn't really mean it lahalacha because what was he suggesting? He was suggesting it latid lavo, right? So there's no there's no risk at all, right? Latid lavo presumably will have a beitin agadol with the authority of Chazal, and so he's only suggesting it tentatively. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's what Remeskin meant. Again, I have not uh, found Remeskin's original truva yet, although I would love to have people uh, suggest to me. Um, or look at tell me send me a specific reference to where it could be found. Um, 
Rabbi Tversky again reference sends sends you to uh, several places in Dibros Moshe, uh, where Moshe corresponds with the Satmar Rebbe, uh, talks talks about his objections to the use of Tamei Mitzvos. Um, halacha, I think those require separate analysis as to whether they are exactly consistent with what he says in this tshuva here. Um, but the bottom line is we now have a standard for test in for testing Igros Moshe's own use of rationales, which again I would suggest is really not uncommon uh, in developing the halacha that it has to be a rationale tested um, in the Gemara, and that Rav Moshe, if somebody comes up with their own explanation. Um, or even tries to suggest what halacha should be based on an explanation offered in the in the Sefer Chinuch or the Mora that they can't uh, provide significant evidence is in the Gemara and intended by the Gemara views of halacha. The Moshe refers to this as something which cannot be said at all. Uh, we look forward to seeing you in episode six. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.